Podcast. Nick Harold is a rescue partner, and Joshua Johnson. I'm here to make you laugh, challenge your mind, and help you build a foundation. This is the Dynasty Book, presented by the Dynasty Football Wheel. Finally, week one is upon us. Welcome to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson, and I just wonder if the inventor of button fly pants ever really had to go to the bathroom really bad. Uh, but anyway, with me as always is Nick Hale to the Redskins, Wagner. Nick, what is up, my friend? Uh, week one, and I'm so excited and happy that I just couldn't even bring myself to come up with a rant this week. I'm too excited about the season. So, <laughs> who is that? I'm just going to show that everybody later uh, on my favorite preseason moment. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I bet there will be rant material coming out of this weekend. I think we can almost <laughs> guarantee you that. So, if you're missing it, stay tuned next week, I guess. Uh, well, like we said, this is the Dynasty Pulse Podcast, week one edition, the prediction show. Um, me and Nick's good friend Howard Bender will be calling it in here in just a couple minutes. He is, well, we'll say the lord and master over at Fantasy Alarm, also does a lot of podcasting. Um, and as I've told you before, he's a very funny man, so uh, I guess I guess he better not let us down. Uh, but yeah, always good to talk to Howard and uh Nice that he could give us some time because he's an extremely busy man. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys are scrambling to fill roster spots or put your many tight ends and IR as possible. Oh, wait, that was me. But anyway, Nick, who'd you pick up this uh, this week here as the season bores on? Well, I got a few names for you. In one league, I had uh, drafted Jonas Gray in the sixth round, so I had to uh, – cut him and uh, replaced him with Brandon Bolden, another New England running back. Now, this is the best ball league, so New England running backs have a little bit more value there. You figure he'll probably have two or three good weeks for me. Uh, and then I needed a starting corner in one of my IDP leagues, so I looked on the waiver wire, and Byron Maxwell from Philadelphia was still there. you got to like them Eagles defenders just because their defense is on the field so much because that offense is so uh, fast-paced. And then one more guy from the Eagles I picked up was Kenyon Barner, just on a whim. He's kind of a sleeper of mine uh, DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews were to get hurt. He would uh, be in line for some work. And I actually had both those guys on one of the teams I picked up Barner. So I thought those were three pretty good moves. What, you, what did you end up doing this week, Josh? Uh, well, I picked up Rob Hauser in a couple leagues and then immediately dropped him. Um, he's kind of be the next, probably the next man out the door if Cleveland needs a roster spot. I just thought he might actually win that starting job, but he is apparently that bad. Um uh, I picked up, speaking of New England running backs, I picked up Mr. Dion Lewis. I think he is a four, somewhere between a four to eight year pro. Didn't record anything last year. He was with Philadelphia last year. Uh, but he's, and again, two best ball leagues. I picked him up. Uh, actually, one of them wasn't, but uh, he uh, is apparently going to be part of that offense. So we, I guess, I guess we'll see tomorrow night what exactly happens there. That's, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but. Uh, had to, had Jonas Gray in one of those leagues as well, so I needed to to fill the roster spot. Um, yeah, I guess um, trying to think. Oh, Rashard Green, I picked up Rashard Green. He was 
available in our offensive only league. Um, and I also picked up Kamar Aiken. So now I have on one team, I have three Ravens, two Jaguars, two Falcons, two Jets, and one lonely bear and one lonely Redskin as a wide receiver course. And uh, no Julio or Alshon, by the way, in that league. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, but like I said, Howard will be joining us in just a couple minutes here. Um, this is our prediction show, just so you kind of know what's going on. We're going to get you uh, get you uh, some predictions on our uh, our uh, division winners, some some uh, fantasy players of the year, and maybe who try to figure out who is going to be the uh, the number one fantasy option next year going into uh startups or redrafts and um we have a dynasty dilemma as well as we always like to get to as we pit Amir Abdullah versus Devontae Adams. Uh, I always love it when we can find uh, two different uh positions to go against each other. That's always uh always makes for some interesting fodder. We'll try to we'll grade a couple teams here. We'll try to figure out if Terrence West and Christian Michael can actually do anything with their new teams. Uh, we got a little sitter start action too, which is uh, always fun, especially with the season on upon us. Uh, some dynasty regrets. We'll figure out if we, me and Nick, have any regrets over the summer. Uh, dynasty trade analysis. Um, uh, Nick's got a dynasty death charger for us, and then we'll talk just a little bit about James Jones, and then of course Chuck Badaisky will be stopping by to give us uh, help with our dreaded week one. Always a Always a noodle scratch to try to figure out who's going to win those week one games. But we have Mr. Howard on the line. One second. Like I said and promised, Howard Bender is on the line here from FantasyAlarm.com. Howard, how are you, my friend? Well, Josh, I'm a thousand times better with a chalk dust torture intro like that. That was uh, <laughs> that was that was beautiful. It, it warms my heart. It it, it 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 lifts me up. You you give me wings, Josh. You do. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, see, I was just going to tell you that I promised our listening audience that you're a funny man and that you better not let us down, and you and you already went there. Um, uh, but like <laughs> I, I've said, uh, uh, Howard is a, is a good friend of ours, and Howard actually, uh, for some odd, ridiculous reason, agreed to be uh, a guest on the very first radio show that I had, and we he came on, we chatted fantasy baseball in the midsummer, and... We laughed, and he laughed at my jokes, and uh, we've been uh, friends ever since. And uh, it's always good to talk to you. And uh, let's let's uh, let's get some football going. Are you ready? Of course, I'm ready. You know that. Come on, come on. I will say <laughs> this. Um, uh, just just to add on that that uh, that that chalk dust intro uh, 
gives me even more excitement. Um, I, I just announced recently that uh, I started a, a crossover league, fantasy football league, between uh, the Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio guys and the Sirius XM Jam On crew. So we've got a uh, uh, we, we've got a, a you know uh, Mark Brownstein from the Disco Biscuits, Ryan Stasek from Umphrey's <laughs> McGee. Ari Fink and Jonathan Schwartz from the channel. Um, from the sports side, Steve Gardner, USA Today. Um, Bob Wischusen from ESPN. Chris, uh, Chris Weaver from NFL Films. Uh, Adam Zucker from CBS. I mean, it's, it's a crazy crew. And then all of a sudden, uh, Chris Kuroda, Fish's lighting designer, uh, asked to join the league as well. So just a just an unbelievable thing going on we're drafting tomorrow because we have to deal with rock star schedules but uh yeah so i'm super jacked tomorrow about football man <laughs> uh, my time 8:30 for them it's it's 11:30 yeah they got to let the maid service wake them up first <laughs> Uh, all those rock stars. You're kind of a rock star yourself, I hear over at Fantasy Alarm, Howard. What do you, why don't you just tell everybody what what you guys got going on over there, and maybe all the buttons that you push. Oh, the buttons that I push are uh, a lot of them are behind the scenes. I'm the as the managing editor, I, I do a lot of uh, a lot of grammar check, a lot of spell check, a lot of uh, a lot of notes and stuff like that, but. Uh, uh, baseball's winding down. I'm still doing the uh, the, the bullpen report for uh, for baseball. We'll finish that off the month of September there. Um, still doing uh, the the pitching articles for our daily fantasy sports uh, playbook pro, which is actually a, a pretty popular thing going on right now. And then we're just gearing up for football. I'll be doing the uh, the DFS work for wide receivers. Um, I'll be doing an article for for the general public for uh, wide receivers and targets. So yeah, we've just uh, we've got a ton of stuff, and I'm in far too many leagues to to deal with everything <laughs> all at the same time. Oh, we know how that goes. And as somebody who spent about seventy five percent of their waiver budget on closers in one league this summer, I, I've appreciated your bullpen report. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's get to some baseball. Um, of course, you know Nick. I got Nick on the line too. Say hi, Nick. How's it going? Hey, Nicky Wagner, how you been? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just keep him locked up in the corner and crunching numbers for me, and he just brings it every week like he always does. Uh, anyway, we have a we have a whole bunch of predictions to get to, and then we got a of course a uh, uh, grade one of Howard's teams. Oh, you didn't know about that, Howard. Of course, you knew that was coming. But um, you're going to grade one of my teams as well. So we'll get to the predictions first, though. So why don't we just start with uh, division winners? Let's go. Let's go AFC and NFC East. Howard, what do you got for us? Uh, my predictions for the oh, just the East, AFC and NFC. Um, yeah, who's going to win put the division? The, I mean, the AFC East to me is is a no brainer. It's got to go to the Patriots. I mean, they're just they're just too friggin' good, and it's it's really annoying. And Tom Brady not being suspended for the first four games is going to give them a a huge boost. And not only do they have a huge boost, but they got a huge chip on their shoulder. So I'll say the Patriots for the AFC. Uh, for the NFC, I, I'm I'm going to throw it out to the uh, to the New York Giants. I think they've got. Uh, 
you know, once Victor Cruz comes back, which is probably going to be like week four, week five, uh, their passing game will be firing on all cylinders. Um, I think they've got, you know, a good steady ground attack uh, for Eli to fall back on. And, hey, Eli's in a contract year, so who doesn't love a, a quarterback in a contract year? Uh, yeah, I actually agree with you on on the Giants there. Um, there are some questions on defense, but I think there's a lot of people they have that can step up. And especially uh, this week, we talked about that in our question and answer here that's going to be out on Saturday. I don't know if Dallas is going to know who exactly to uh, key on on that Giants defense. That could maybe uh, maybe leave Romo exposed a little bit. But uh totally agree with you, too. They have three solid running backs and I think I think they could be good without Victor Cruz. So when he comes back, if he's you know eighty percent of himself, I think they could be a very dangerous team. Um, as far as the AFC East goes, um, I I really wanted to give love to that other New York team, your Jets, there, Howard. But I think I'm going to go with oh. the Dolphins. I think I think for some reason it seems like they made all these off season moves, and I think they just maybe finally got something right and. Uh, you know Joel Philbin's on the hot seat too, so I think I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins in the East. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I think there's no way I can pick against uh, the Patriots as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are still in town. So it's got to be New England in the AFCs for me. In the NFC, I'm going to go with uh, Philly. I just think you know Dallas is going to struggle to run the ball now with Demarco Murray gone, and Eli Manning's just too inconsistent year to year for me to ever really put my faith in him. I mean, he could have a good year, but I, I think now that Chip Kelly's had a few seasons to kind of filter his guys into that roster, I, I think the Eagles can come away with the division title. Chip Kelly roster moves what? Um, yeah, we, we know how that goes. Uh, so Howard, let's start with you again, and then I promise I'll go first next time. Why don't we look at the Central AFC and NFC Central, or is it the North now? Excuse me. <laughs> the Central, the North. The North, whatever it is. Ah, pick a pick a direction, any direction. Um, all right. City. So for, for me. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I, you know, for the for the AFC North, I, I kind of have to go with uh, with the Steelers again. They're just they're just, they're, they're such a, a consistent team. Uh, they're always, you know, they're always in it uh, points wise for offense. They've always got good stable defense there. Uh, you know, their secondary might be a little right now, but I don't know, man. I'm just I'm always so dis. I always find myself disappointed so much by the Bengals. That you know, I mean, I, I want to give them some love, but I just can't do it because I I don't know if maybe Andy Dalton's just a choke artist, maybe injuries just keep getting the better of them, but I just I can't see them beating the Steelers out. So I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Here. Oh, for the uh, NFC, uh, yeah, that one. Um, oof, I'm gonna throw some love to the Detroit Lions. I really, you know, it's hard to go against the Packers. It really is. But, you know, I, I think everybody is expecting Devontae Adams to be the next Jordy Nelson. I just don't see it, you know, them having that same rapport, at least not from the start. So I think that what's going to happen is I think the Lions will be able to, uh, to, to really kind of take an early hold of this division and maybe just kind of hang on at the, uh, at the bare end there. So I'll, I'll throw it to Detroit. Okay, yeah, and I, I kind of like that pick. I'm still going to go Green Bay just because I 
I don't know. I'm a, I'm a wuss, and I don't want to go out there like that. Like, I had to take Miami. <laughs> but, uh, um, I love that Miami think, check. They're my wild card yeah, team, so. Yeah. Well, and I know how much you love Miami. Um, but anyway, uh, the uh, the Lions, I think, have a better defense than a lot of people are going to – than a lot of people realize, and I think that's going to help help tremendously. Um, I also think Minnesota is going to be a whole lot better, but I, I still stick with Green Bay. I mean, I do think Adams is going to contribute, um, but I think they're going to really, you know, divvy up uh, Jordy's uh, production there within that offense. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the smart money is just to not bet against Aaron Rodgers. And I'll, so I'll go with Green Bay there. Um, as far as the AFC, you know, I feel like I'm sometimes the only Red Rifle fan in, in America. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Bengals. I just think if you look at it, offensive depth-wise, and I know Pittsburgh has Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, obviously two of the best fantasy players out there. Uh, but I just think since he is a little bit deeper than people want to let on, um, they address their offensive line, and they could they could be a really good, really good ball control force. And they have a nice receiver, obviously, and A.J. Green to lay back on. And I think their defense has added some nice depth, too. So I'm not predicting since he's going to win a playoff game yet, uh, but I think they could win the division. Nick, what do you think? Uh, you know, I have the Bengals as one of my wild card teams, but I don't think they can beat out Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's got the best receiver in the division, and Antonio Brown, the best running back in uh, Le'Veon Bell, and probably the best quarterback, too, of Ben Roethlisberger. So you put those things together, I just can't pick against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then moving to the NFC, I also have to go with the Green Bay Packers. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter who's playing receiver. As long as Aaron Rodgers is lining up behind the center, uh, Green Bay's probably going to win that division. <clears throat> When you said Pittsburgh quarterback, I, for some reason, what something popped in my head. I wonder, I wonder how many two point conversions Michael Vick will be involved in this year. That that could be an interesting Ugh. thing as as we try to figure that out. Uh, okay, I guess I'll, it's my turn to go first. Um, so obviously, we don't even need to mention the rest of the teams in the AFC South besides the Colts. I mean, maybe you guys, maybe you guys want to go out of the limb, but I'm certainly not going to go against uh Andrew Luck, so that's that's a pretty that's a pretty easy decision there. As far as the NFC South, oh brother, who knows? Um <laughs> uh the Falcons, why not? They they have the most weapons. I know they have I know they have no defense, but uh they have the most offensive weapons and there's not a not a lot of defense being played in that division. Anyway, I know I know there's a couple of weapons on each of the other teams, but uh I, I just maybe this is the year the Falcons turn around and and maybe somebody comes out of that division above 500. So uh, what do you think, Nick? Uh, yeah, I didn't want to pick any of the teams in the NFC South really. But I went with Carolina. I just think there's less question marks around them than the rest of the teams. New Orleans just lost way too many players, and I think it'll take Atlanta's new coach Dan Quinn at least one uh, one more year to turn that thing around. Uh, and then, yeah, in the AFC, of course, got to be Indianapolis. I mean, <laughs> their head coach Chuck Pagano's on the hot seat after an 11-win season and going to the AFC Championship. That just seems ridiculous, but that's how it is there in Indy. A lot of a lot of expectations there. Okay, Howard, what do you got for us? Um, wow, you guys are just crapping on the South so much, so much. I, I guess I'm gonna have to rethink my my Tampa Bay Tennessee Super Bowl prediction, huh? 
<laughs> um, the AFC uh, South is a no-brainer. It's 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 the Colts. It's got to be the Colts. Uh, you know, there's just really, you know, the Texas defense is always nice, but uh, you know, I, I just I, I I don't hate Brian Hoyer, but I just don't think that that offense is really ready to roll. And obviously, the injury to Arian Foster is a huge thing. Um, so the Colts are a no-brainer. I don't even have to talk about Jacksonville or Tennessee. Those guys are just. Terrible. Just jokes. They actually make the Jets look good. And any team that makes the Jets look good uh, just can't be good. I mean, they're just terrible. So, <laughs> as far as the South goes, come on, guys. Show some more love Atlanta's way. I, I appreciate you guys picking them. I'm definitely picking them. You know, the big thing that, that – that, that the two issues that the Falcons had last year was, number one, was their, their pass defense was just atrocious, absolutely atrocious. Um, and and the second thing was their their offensive line. Uh, I mean, I think it was what inside of week. Um, I think inside of week five or six last year, the the, the Falcons lost uh, four of their starting offensive linemen. Um, and then over the next four weeks after that, two more guys, uh, one of the backups and one of the other, and the final starter, they all went down. So, uh, you know, that's that's a huge deal. It's it's a huge, huge thing when, when, you know, Matt Ryan just has no time to pass. Everybody's healthy now. I love, love, love the backfield of, of Tevin Coleman winning that job. I'm not a Devonta Freeman fan, but I think Coleman is going to be a good guy to have. Um, and, and I just I think that, that Atlanta, uh, as far as, uh, you know, work towards improving their, uh, you know, their secondary, they brought in cornerback Phillip Adams. Um, you know, they, they, they drafted not phenomenally, but Jalen Collins is going to be a contributor over there for them. Um, and, and I think that they've just, they've done enough to improve their situation where I think that Atlanta is going to be the team to beat there. I, you know, I just think Cam Newton is going to have a a hard time dealing with a, a, a soft running game because Stewart always gets hurt and, Cameron Artist Payne, as, as much as I love him as a sleeper this year in fantasy, I just can't rely on him too heavily. So, and then the Saints defense is just a just a dumpster fire. So, <laughs> I'll go Atlanta. Okay. Um, uh, what do we got left? Uh, the South or the West? Is that what we have? The left? West. Yeah. The West. Nick, what do you, I mean, you start us out this time. Well, starting the AFC, I'm going to go actually to San Diego. I just think that Peyton Manning's too old. He's going to wear down towards the end of the year, just like he did last year. And uh, then, you know, the Chiefs, can you really believe in Alex Smith to win a division? I, I don't know. So I'm going to go with Cook Rivers and the Chargers. I think that they can pull that out this year. And then in the NFC, I'm going to go with Arizona, actually. I mean, this team won 11 games last year with pretty much garbage at quarterback after Carson Palmer got hurt. So as long as Palmer can stay healthy and that offensive line can keep him upright, I think Arizona can win that division. Okay, Howard, what do you think? Um, over the AFC, you know, I, I like that that San Diego call. I'm not I'm not big with the Broncos either, and I think that there's a, there there could be some some problems with them moving forward uh, because of Peyton Manning. But I'm going to go Kansas City. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to say the defense wins it. I'm going to say that um, the inclusion of Jeremy Macklin will open things up enough for Travis Kelsey 
that Alex Smith will be able to thrive in more of a dink and dunk type offense there, and he's going to be able to utilize his tight end a little bit better. Um, so it's either going to be a you know it's going to be a, a six yard pass to Travis Kelsey or a check down to Jamal Charles, and that's how Smith is going to get his work. That could open things up a little bit more if they you know, if they're successful in the short passing game. It could open things up more a little bit for Macklin uh, further down the road as teams stop keying in on him. But I think that that defense really kind of wins this. I think Alex Smith is like a game manager. I think that it's uh, you know not it's somewhere in between the the, the Trent Dilfer led Ravens and the Joey Flacco led Ravens. So somewhere right <laughs> in the middle there. That's who. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on that one. That's kind of just, I'm going off the reservation with that. Uh, In the NFC West, mm, 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 tough one here, but I'm going to just puss out and go with the Seattle Seahawks. I can't really say that they've made, you know, I mean, listen, obviously putting Jimmy Graham in that offense is going to help a little bit, but, you know, I mean, they're still a run-first offense, and they're still live and die by Marshawn Lynch and and the read option there. So I think as long as their defense stays, you know, stays strong and continues to perform well, I think that they can do just enough to stave off Arizona. Um, I will say that I think the Rams are going to, be a surprise team this year a little bit, and I think the 49ers will uh, just shit the bed totally and sit in the uh, in the basement. <sighs> yeah, as much as I want to choose 49ers Raiders, you know, but uh, I just can't go there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Nick and go with Arizona. I have questions about their defense, but I think their offense is pretty stout and. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, I'm going to go Denver in the, in the in the AFC. I just feel like they have they have a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball, and I think uh, Wade Phillips might actually be a, a good thing for that defense as they, as they move forward. And uh, everybody's going to have a new role, but I look for that. You know, we talk about Peyton maybe wearing down throughout the year. I think the the opposite is going to happen with the Denver defense. I think you're just going to see them get stronger and stronger, and that's going to really work into their favor as uh, they maybe slide to more of a ball control offense towards uh, towards the end of the year. And who knows, you know, maybe they're taking account what happened with Peyton last year too, and they're 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 a little bit going with a little bit more of a balanced attack there. So um, I believe in the Denver running backs now that Monte Ball is off is off the team and uh yeah i just i think they have the juice i and one last hurrah for peyton so that uh that brings us to super bowl picks so uh nick let's go to you first again i'm going with an all pennsylvania super bowl i'm going with the philadelphia eagles over the pittsburgh steelers like i said i just think that uh this is chip kelly's year he proves that he is in fact a genius and not Peyton. Okay, um, I understand the love for the Pittsburgh offense, but I, I think their defense is just going to be really suspect. I love the Pittsburgh defense next year, uh, but not this year. So I guess we'll leave it at that. Um, I am going to go with uh, – why am I so on the Miami Dolphin train? Um, but I'm going to go <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Um, and, 
Why don't we say Arizona? Why don't we say Arizona does it again? Carson Palmer somehow stays upright all year long. Dolphins, Cardinals. Uh, not 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 a good media circus there, but uh, Dolphins, Cardinals. Wow. Um, what do you got for us, Hart? Um. Well, I like the fact that we're not going to overlap. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Colts Giants Super Bowl. Um, and I'm going to say that this is Andrew Luck's first ring. I'm going to say that his support in the ground game is, you know, with Frank Gore hopefully staying healthy. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, with Josh Robinson backing him up, could be a, a nice little tandem there to kind of just fall back on. And I think Luck just, you know, he plays all day with his receivers. T.Y. Hilton does really well. Uh, you know, uh, Andre Johnson breaks out a little bit. You know, obviously his hamstrings need to stay healthy, but I like that. And then I'm I'm going to stick with this, you know, with this Giants offense here. I mean, I know that their defense is going to be a little suspect at times, which is why I think they'll, you know, ultimately lose the, the big game. But I think that they just they have such good horses to get there. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think that, that everybody, I, you know, I think that, that the, the NFC is, is definitely a little bit more, a little more of a level playing field. I think that, that uh, there's no, there, there are no teams that really run away with stuff, I think, in the, in the NFC as much as I think it happens in the AFC with the Pats. The, the Steelers and the Colts and the Broncos. Okay. Well, before we get to MVP, I should remind everybody that we are not professional handicappers. Uh, we are just uh, having some fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're fantasy nerds or experts. Yeah, experts that we're, we're supposed to call ourselves. Um, so MVP, oh, I guess we'll just do pick one name. And Aaron Rodgers seems too obvious, and it's always always those stinking quarterbacks. So why not stick with the with Howard's love for the Colts? Let me give it to Andrew Luck, first of probably many to come. Uh, Andrew Luck for the MVP. What do you think, Howard? Yeah, I've got Andrew. I've got Andrew Luck for MVP in the uh, in the AFC for the NFC. You know, it's tough. I, I would hate to see them just give it to Aaron Rodgers because uh, we all know that the a, the, the NFC MVP is going to be Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is going to come in this year. He's going to run like a beast. He's going to be a house of fire. He's got the chip on his shoulder. And I don't think that the, uh, the, that, you know, that the NFL wants to give him the MVP. So I do think that they'll end up having to, like, twist it around and give it to Aaron Rodgers. So... Instead of saying Rogers and agreeing with you, I'll say Matt Ryan gets it for the uh, for the Falcons. Okay, what do you, what do you think, Nick? Well, I think last year JJ Watt should have been the MVP. I think he gets the recognition he deserves this year and wins the MVP. If not him, then and they give it to a quarterback again, then I think it'll probably go with Andrew Luck. Okay. Well, instead of doing. I suppose we could do rookies. But instead of doing a rookie of the year, I thought it would be interesting to figure out if we can figure out, figure out, say it one more time, uh, who's the consensus number one fantasy player next year? Nick, let's stick with you. Let's put the pressure on you first. (laughs) 
Well, you know, Andrew Luck's probably going to be the top scorer, but the other quarterbacks are so close. So I'm going to take Gronkowski, actually. If he can stay healthy for two years in a row, that'll be then. You know, he's so much more productive than the next best tight end, I think, especially with Jimmy Graham now in Seattle in a different offense. I'm going to go with Gronk. Okay. You know, it seems like those top 20 wide receivers a lot of times stay the same. You know, there's a few names that filter in and out the bottom. Uh, and those running backs always seem to seem to change quite a whole lot. Um, and I guess I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, I want to say Eddie Lacy. I think he's, you know, we we always worry about running backs with three years of stress on their legs, but nobody's going to, you know, bat an eye at taking Jamal Charles early on in a draft. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Eddie Lacy has has a monster year uh and he's he's going to be the man and uh may, and maybe Le'Veon Bell's going to have to take a step back so take that Pittsburgh Steeler fans um what do you think Howard <laughs> Well I think that uh that that if Le'Veon Bell comes in this year and he does what he's supposed to do I don't think there's any question that he won't be the uh, the number one pick in fantasy, especially if he's catching passes as as much as he did last year, or you know even even three quarters as much as he did last year. If he can continue to do that, Le'Veon Bell certainly has to uh, has to be be given consideration for the uh, for the number one. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. You know, Nick went with Gronk, and as Nick was talking about Gronk, all I kept thinking about was Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, just in the fact that, listen, if Beckham Jr. is the guy who, like, you know, who who everybody thinks he is right now, and he puts up a monster season, I mean, listen, we've seen Antonio Brown go number one this year. I don't see any reason why if Odell Beckham can follow up with a strong sophomore season, I don't see any reason why he doesn't get consideration for the number one pick next year. Okay. I... I don't know. I don't know about Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. I, I feel like he's going to see a lot of double teams, and uh, he's going to he's going to really be put to the test this year. So if he does overcome, I think he could be right. And uh, no love for Des Bryant, guys. Okay. Uh, uh, Never for a cowboy, dude. Never for no, a cowboy. Yeah. No cowboys homers on this podcast right now. Right now, anyway. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on. I think. I gave Howard the duty of grading uh, my best ball charity team. Um, if you if you are involved in the DFW Charity League this year, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, but uh, my my draft is done, and uh, so I sent my roster to Howard to see what he can figure out. Now, last year, Howard graded one of my um, auction teams, and uh, actually, re- really my first full fledged auction team. And uh, he didn't he didn't like it. I just remember him saying, "I don't know about this team for you, Josh." But I want to point out that I did finish second in that league last year, and maybe ultimately the running back death did hurt me. But I did overcome and get to second. So, uh, what do you, what do you got for me on my best ball team, Howard? Well, first of all, let's address last year and just say he came in second. Second? That's awesome. That's that's first loser. <laughs> okay, if you ain't first. You're last. I, I take that. I take that 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 bit of Talladega Nights, uh, you know, as a, as a mantra. That that quote is a mantra for me when it comes to fantasy sports. But all right, let's talk about your best ball team. 
start position by position, I guess, and let's talk about your quarterbacks. Uh, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr, right off the bat right there in a best ball format. I can't think of a three better guys that, that are going to be able to to be used. I'm not even counting Jameis Winston, who you do have there, uh, just because, I mean, I just, I, you know, the thing about him is, is that I just don't really know how he's going to fare in the NFL. I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, in order to be a successful uh, quarterback, you know, you uh, unless you're a, just a crazy special talent like, you know, Andrew Luck is, you need to hold the clipboard, you know. I mean, I think that that did wonders, wonders for Aaron Rodgers' career. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I can't really stand by Winston. But, you know, Oakland's going to fall behind a lot and Carr's going to chuck the ball unbelievably. Andrew Luck's a stud. If he has an off game, then, you know, I mean, listen, Phillip Rivers also airs the ball out a lot. I love the fact that he's got Stevie Johnson there now as a guy that can move the chains, and he's a little bit more reliable, I think, uh, than Malcolm Floyd will ever be. So uh, quarterbacks, I think you're, you're, you're sitting pretty there. I don't think any issues whatsoever. Running backs, on the other hand, Josh, what did you do? What did you do? Um you went cheap on running backs, obviously. Um, Gio Bernard, Carlos Hyde, those are your top two guys. Uh, PPR? Yes. Yeah. So so those are your top two guys um, as far as running backs go. Alfred Morris um, should be okay. But, you know, I mean, I think that Matt Jones can eat into a lot of his work. So um, I would go there. Javoris Allen could be a good, solid touchdown vulture. Um, Charles Sims, I would love to see, you know, Lovey Smith finally take control and, you know, and, and give Sims, you know, the ball more. I think that, you know, he's the guy, he's the guy that they drafted. He's the guy that they want ultimately there. But, you know, if he's not outperforming Doug Martin at this point in time right now, I mean, I don't really know how you can rely on any of him, uh, during the season. So, you know, I, I mean, I just think that you're going to probably hit some struggles unless, uh, you know, unless like the Redskins suddenly say, you know what, screw you, Alfred Morris. We're going all Matt Jones, and Matt Jones blows up for the second half of the season. Uh, your wide receivers, uh, you know, again, for a best ball format, I, I see no issues. Odell Beckham will, will rack up some points for you week in, week out. Keenan Allen is a guy that, you know, has that capability. You just got to show that last year was uh, just a just a down season for him, and that he's more the guy that, that we saw during his his rookie campaign. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I think, is is you know highly underrated. Uh, you know, I know he's dealing with a shoulder issue right now, but now that Kirk Cousins is there, you know that's really what's what's going to end up happening is that you're going to end up passing the ball more. You know, it's kind of funny. Alfred Morris thrives when RG three is under center, and you know, and and Garcon and and Jackson thrive when you've got Kirk Cousins. So, um, Malcolm Floyd, again, I don't love. Uh, Brandon LaFell, solid, you know, once he's playing, once he's healthy. Cody Latimer's a good, you know, good shot in the dark. Oh, yeah, Ruben Randall. Oh, yeah, Ruben Randall. I love Ruben Randall. I think that he's, uh, he's going to be solid in these first four or five weeks of the season while Victor Cruz is probably still dealing with this calf and knee issue. Um, you know, I think Ruben Randall start getting uh, you know some, some decent work there. So in a best ball format, yeah, I think you know 
you'll probably get most of your points from, from Beckham, Allen, and Jackson for the most part. But, you know, guys like LaFell, guys like Randall, they can really pop up uh, and, and do some stuff there. Uh, as far as your tight ends go, I mean, Greg Olson's just in a PPR format. I mean, the guy's money in the bank right there. Uh, love him. He's going to see a ton of targets with Kelvin Benjamin out. Josh Hill, we don't know much about. I mean, other than the fact that he's still playing behind Ben Watson, we'd love to see him get more of a, you know, some red zone opportunities. And then Jared Cook, he's the number one guy in St. Louis. Just really depends on how much, uh, you know, Jeff Fisher really wants to, to release the tight end and let him go out into the passing game. Overall, I would say that I would give you, I'll give you a B minus on this. And the only reason I give you the minus is because I'm just always a running back first guy, always have been. So I don't love your running backs. If uh, you had one more guy in there, even like a like a rook, like TJ Yeldon or something, I would just keep it a solid bit. Oh, yeah, you don't listen to the podcast very often. Not, not a Yeldon fan. <laughs> uh, uh, but, no, I, I, can, I can see that. I, I I tend to tend to go cheap on running backs, and, and I – I, as a, somebody who's been trying to really wait on quarterbacks, I had the 11th pick in that draft, and Andrew Luck was still there. I'm just like, how can I not take him? That's just, uh, I just, I just, I'm weak when it comes to Andrew Luck. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty fair grade though, and uh, the rest of those crazies in that league maybe don't have as good a team, but, uh, but uh, we'll see. You'll see. We'll have some, some, uh, some friends and some fellow experts in that league and uh my charity is uh for uh a young man named uh dakota case here in sioux falls who's another uh a writer that worked with me at rotorob.com he's the amazing hockey writer they have over there and he is currently in the hospital waiting to heart transplant so uh uh we uh hopefully are, we are able to raise some money for him so i'm very thankful that we we're able to do that and uh, again anybody who is involved this year in our charity leagues we really we really appreciate it and uh, hopefully we can all get back together and form our own division next year and make this thing even bigger. So we're very happy to do that uh, and help other other causes out as well. So uh, coincidentally, Howard is in a uh, dynasty league with me and Nick. It's offense only. No kickers, no defense. Oh, I love it. Um, I hate them damn kickers. But anyway... We had a rookie draft, and I guess it is rookie veteran draft, so you can draft veterans at any point you want. I know some, some dynasties you have to wait till the sixth round to that. We opened it up to anything because uh, it is a best ball format. We have the thing where the lineups lock as soon as the season starts, so you can't do any pickups, so some people go undrafted, so that's why we kind of have the veterans available in the first round as well so uh it's not necessarily a rookie draft but i asked nick to uh to grade howard's uh seven round rookie veteran draft for this offensive only league so nick what do you what do you got for howard give it to him well i thought you did i thought you did pretty good you had the sixth pick in each round so i'll run down your draft uh first round you got Tevin coleman then marcus mariota max williams uh chris polk the running back in houston Justin Blackman, uh, Bilal Powell, and Stedman Bailey. You know, I love those first three picks. Uh, Tevin Coleman's going to be your running back number four behind Le'Veon Bell, Matt Forte, and C.J. Anderson, who you got last year. Uh, nice pick on that, by the way. I almost thought you should get some bonus points for that one. 
Uh, and then in the second round, you addressed quarterback, which was your weakest position on the team. Behind Eli Manning, you only had E.J. Manuel and Johnny Manziel. And you got Mariota seven picks uh, after Jamison Winston went. So you got good value there. Uh, now, young tight ends kind of take time, but with Dwayne Allen and Charles Clay on your roster, you don't really need Max Williams to contribute right away. So he's a good stash for the future. And uh, in the third round, pretty good value. Uh, I don't hate your fourth-round pick for Polk. You know, I understand that I actually have Polk on a team with Alfred Blue as well. But it just seems a little bit high, maybe, you know, especially considering some other guys like Denard Robinson, Carlos Williams were all uh, on the board too right there. Uh, you got fifth-round flyer on Justin Blackman. That's okay value, I guess. I don't expect him to ever play another down in the NFL, but a fifth-round pick might as well. Um, <laughs> I don't either, but, you know, I just throw in some darts there. <laughs> exactly. It's the fifth round. Why not? And then, you you know, in the best ball format, your sixth and seventh round picks, Blau Powell and Stedman Bailey, they're going to have some usable weeks, I think. So, you know, I was one pick ahead of you, actually, in this draft, and I absolutely love my draft. And I looked back, and in hindsight, I wouldn't swap any of my picks until the sixth round with you. So I can't really go an A, but I thought it was very solid, no huge reaches, and you filled the gaping hole at quarterback, quarterback number two. So I'll give you an A- minus for that draft. And you just heard Howard say his – his uh, his famous phrase that I steal all the time, just throwing darts, and and I, and I love it because really at the end of the day, when you're drafting, you know maybe after the second or third round, that's all we're really doing, right, Howard? We're just throwing darts. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get to a point where where you're just you're looking at the draft board, and you're seeing what's out there, and you're like, ah, you know, I mean, who's going to be better? You know, am I am I looking at this? you know, number four wide receiver on a on a sketchy team or am I looking at a number three tight end? I mean, really, what are you going to do? I mean, you just it, it does get to the point sometimes when you're doing deep drafts that, that you just have to close your eyes and point your finger and, and just hope for the best. <laughs> uh, do you ever question, you're like, Stedman, Bailey, or who, what What exactly am I doing in this league? How far have I gone down this fantasy channel? <laughs> I ask myself that every day, Josh, every day. <laughs> All right, so there was, uh, I think it was Saturday, there was uh, some NFL trades, which is something that does not happen very often in the NFL, and uh, especially with the trade deadline being so early in the season, uh, but Christine Michael, uh, everybody's favorite sleeper every single year, Christine Michael, uh, was shipped to Dallas, and Terrence West was moved to Tennessee. And what does this mean for the fantasy value for those players and for those around them? What do you think, Howard? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I love the fact that the Christine Michael uh, news broke because, that just, you know, that, that helped me out in, in so many drafts because while people are stupidly picking Christine Michael, thinking that suddenly he's got some sort of crazy value, they're just they're leaving proven talent sitting on the board. It was fantastic. I, you know, I mean, I just think that fantasy-wise, I mean, listen, there's a reason that Michael was shipped out from, from Seattle. There's a reason that he just he was never going to, you know. I, I mean, how, how do you take a guy, okay, when, when Robert Turbin goes down and he's injured, and, and then the team brings in Fred Jackson. Okay, Fred Jackson's 117 years old. Okay, and, and now you're and now you're and now you're taking Christine Michael and you're you're like I got this guy who runs with a walker and a limp. 
and I'm still going to use him over you, so here you go. We're going to ship you off to Dallas. I understand McFadden's injury-prone. Um, you know, I understand that, that, that Joseph Randall is not exactly proven, and Lance Dunbar is probably like, you know, uh, he's a tomato kid. That's basically what he is. He's a tomato kid. You kick him around and, and, and hope for the best. <laughs> hope, for, get, hope for some sort of enjoyment out of him. And it's not the strongest crew, but Christy Michael is still fourth on that depth chart. Fourth. You need a lot of injuries, you need a lot of problems, and you need, like, you know, ridiculously slow starts to the ground game for Dallas in order for Christine Michael to even start getting touches. I don't even see that, you know, that happening for a very long time. So, you know, I, I don't think that that's a, a – I mean, fantasy-wise, you want to waste a pick on Christine Michael. Go ahead, waste a pick on Christine Michael. <laughs> you know, better guys for me to choose from. As far as Terrence West goes, I actually think that this is a good move for him. I mean, let's face it, it's Tennessee, and nobody likes Tennessee, and the team sucks, but, you know, Bishop Sankey, he's just, he's not the guy that that I think a lot of people were hyping him up to be last year. So I'm not a big fan of Bishop Sankey. I do like David Cobb, but, I mean, if he's not going to be able to stay healthy, that's going to kind of be an issue. So I do think that West kind of falls into a little bit better of a situation in Tennessee than in Cleveland. I think his path towards to carries is a lot better than it was sitting behind Crowell and uh and, and, and Duke Johnson. So you know, I would I would take a flyer, a late round flyer on Terrence West before I would take a late round flyer on Kristen Michael. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw news yesterday that Tennessee was also working out Jonas Gray, which kinda what kinda made me scratch my head after they just traded a pick for uh uh, Terrence West, but obviously that did not come to fruition. They're just obviously checking all avenues. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're totally right with uh, with Bishop Sankey being the man there. I think West certainly has an opportunity, especially, you know, between the tackles and maybe on the goal line to uh, to make a difference. And, he, you know, he's a converted quarterback. And, yeah, yes, it is a triple option offense that he came from. Uh, but I think being a quarterback, you understand offense a little bit better than some, maybe some other running backs. And, and, and I like the fact that he's certainly is going to get new life on a new team. And you know, granted, he wasn't there all, all all summer, but I think he should be able to you know pick up that playbook pretty soon. And if you're just asking him to run between the tackles, I mean, what more does he need to learn? Um, on the flip, I think. I've heard some just very, very quiet rumblings about Christian Michael being playbook deficient. And I don't know how you can be after you've been in Seattle for, what, three years now? Um, and like Howard said, there's a reason they shipped him out. If you can't beat out Fred Jackson, I mean, there was a reason Seattle wanted to be done with him. Um, I think we saw the same exact thing when they traded Percy Harvin last year. So they, they, they seem to get rid of people at – at the right time, not that Percy Harvin's career is in the tank, but they they know what they have and they know who to get rid of if it's not going to help their overall team. You don't just see a team give up on a running back like this for any reason, you know. And it's not like Dallas was handing them a second or third round pick. I believe it was a conditional seventh, capital C there, conditional. So uh, I know there's a lot of people really psyched about Christine Michael and not Terrence West, but I'm certainly 
on the flip in that. So, uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said on Christine Michael. You know, if you can't beat out a 34-year-old running back in Fred Jackson, then you're probably not that great. The only way I'd want any of these four Dallas running backs is in a best ball format. Uh, as far as Terrence West to Tennessee, I think he gets a slight bump in value. You know, sometimes you look at the running backs playing with the mobile quarterbacks. Sometimes that opens things up for them with the threat of the quarterback keeping the ball and running. Uh, you just look at Alfred Morris getting the 1,600 yards back in 2012 when Griffin was still a, a threat with his legs. Uh, Bishop Sankey takes a little bit of a hit, although I don't think anybody was really high on him to begin with, so it's probably not that much of a big hit. Uh, but I do think David Cobb's value uh, goes down. He's, you know, you combine his injuries with uh, with the addition of West. Just tough to see him really contributing this year as a rookie. But you know, I will say that even with the uh, the value with uh, Terrence West, I'm still not a big fan of him. You look at last year, and he averaged under four yards per carry, playing behind one of the best offensive lines in in football in Cleveland. So I'm still not huge on him. Yeah, and it's certainly an issue worth addressing because a lot of people are very excited about it. I saw some some dynasty trades for Christian Michael that are too ridiculous to even repeat on the air. And uh, yeah, just I think we just want to tell everybody. I think the general consensus is to maybe just calm down. It's it's a it's a move moves made this time of year are not necessarily going to be that very much impactful uh, fantasy wise. And I know that was a very terribly worded sentence. Uh, But moving on, we have Sidemer starting this week. Now, let's say, Howard, you took Russell Wilson, possibly way too early, and if you're a fan of his, you maybe had to do that. Uh, But, you know, know, round 12, 13, 14, you needed another quarterback, and you took Sam Bradford. And now you're looking at these matchups first week, and you've got Russell Wilson going against the rejuvenated St. Louis defense. Uh, granted, they have no running backs on that team right now, but uh, then you get Sam Bradford playing uh, at the Atlanta Falcons on Monday night. It's always fun to watch your quarterback rack up points on Monday night. Uh, but what do you think about Mr. Bradford versus Wilson this week? Um, you know, if I'm drafting Russell Wilson, then yes, you're right. I'm, I'm obviously taking him far earlier than I should or, or want to. But, uh, you know... I'm I'm a I'm a proponent of I I start the guys that I draft first. I'm not going to sit there, you know, if I was that high on Sam Bradford or you know looking at his early season matchups or whatever, I you know, I, I might have focused on him a little bit more. But and and I wouldn't have drafted a guy like Russell Wilson as my top guy. I just I don't like playing the matchups like that. My feelings in fantasy football are I want to do as little roster adjusting as possible. I want I want my first five picks to be guys that I will start week in week out and regardless of matchups and and, and go with that. So if I'm drafting Russell Wilson uh, and I'm I'm going with him against St. Louis over Sam Bradford against Atlanta, Bradford could have a good time there. Um, but you know there are so many questions about you know how that Eagles offense is really going to run, and then obviously some, you know, my personal feelings about Atlanta making improvements on their defense. So I'm going Russell Wilson. Yeah, you bring up a very solid point about, you know, you you, you start your studs no matter what. Um, and, and I totally hear you there. And um, with, uh, you know, with Bradford, we all know the injury history, and we know, you know, We've, I'm sure 
if you, if you haven't been playing fantasy long enough, if you haven't lost a quarterback in the first or second quarter of a game uh, during your weekly matchup. So we all, we all know what, what could happen there. And obviously that can happen with anybody, uh, but Bradford's certainly more susceptible to that. And, um, but I just think in order to start him, we need to see two or three solid weeks. You know, he needs to build our trust. And if he if he's your number one quarterback, of course you need to start him. You know, if you waited that long, whatever you thought you got good value there, okay, yeah, you're going to start him. But uh, I think you you got to go Wilson. I think he's just more of a more of a sure thing. And you know, Jimmy Graham's certainly going to be a definite bailout option for him. And he's his his legs extend plays anyways, so he's going to get you some rushing yards. And you know, we all know how how much Bradford's legs have been been through over the last couple of years. So I think you got to go Wilson there too. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. You got to go Wilson, especially in week one, you're not going to sit the guys that you drafted that much higher. And uh, also I got to wonder about the crowd in St. Louis is, are they going to be that into it now? They pretty much, the Rams are probably have one foot out the door as far as leaving to go to LA. I mean, I don't know if I was a fan, I wouldn't be that into it. Interesting point there. Um, I guess we'll find out. Um, okay, so Nick, you 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 missed out on all those top running backs, and so you went boom boom, and took Melvin Gordon and uh, Latavius Murray. Uh, well, I guess you're not really. I have bad introduction. Anyway, Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray this week. Melvin is. Uh, versus Detroit, and Latavius is versus Cincinnati. What do you think? I think I would go with Latavius Murray. You know, both running backs are playing at home, but uh, Gordon didn't look all that great in the preseason. Plus, he's got Brandon Oliver and uh, Danny Woodhead there vying for carries. I think they're more of a competition uh, to take away work than uh, than Murray faces with Roy Hallou there in Oakland. So I, I would go with Murray. Yeah, I you know, I as much as I feel like San Diego is really going to want to set a precedent that he is their number one guy and really feed him the rock. I think uh, Murray's definitely got a, a smoother transition because we know he's the number one guy. And um, not that, that not that anybody's doubting Gordon isn't the number one guy there. I just feel like uh, that he's he's going to have a role and he's going to get his his touches. And uh, if, you know, if Gordon fumbles in the first half we could see him getting pulled out as you know just to teach him a lesson so we'll see how that goes um i yeah I, as an owner of both of those guys i hope they both do off howard what do you think uh it's a clean sweep for murray i am uh i'm heavily invested in a number of leagues in him i like him a lot i think that he he is the number one guy i think that they feel a lot better about him right now uh the coaching staff that is i feel that He's going to see the, the, the carries a lot. He's going to see the dump-offs from, from Derek Carr. You know, obviously there is the, the slight concern that, that the Raiders will continuously fall from you know fall behind and end up having to play catch-up a lot in the second half, which could limit Murray's work. But overall, I mean, I just I, I like him in that situation a lot more than I like. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Gordon's, but, you know, yes, I you know, the, the whole – Trust the rookie when you know when you've got a guy like Brandon Oliver over there. You've got you know, um, 
you know, just Philip Rivers can just take control of that team because that is his team and it's been his team. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Murray here. Okay. Um, last one. Oh, a couple old guys. Let's break out the, the wheelchairs and walkers. Speaking of Fred Jackson, not Fred Jackson this week, though. What do we, what do we think? Um, Nick, let's start with you. Or actually, I'll start this time. Why not? Uh, Stevie, Stevie Smith, Steve Smith Sr., excuse me, uh, at Denver, or Howard, Howard, Howard Johnson, Andre Johnson at Buffalo. Um, couple old guys. I really, I as much as I love the Colts and we praised Andrew Luck all, this whole show, so I feel like Buffalo somehow wins this game. And, uh, but I think it's going to be a ball control game too. And I think, uh, Andre John, uh, Andre Johnson maybe makes a b- couple big plays down down the field for this uh, team, and even though they don't win the game, I think he's he's a big part of this offense because I think uh, Denver is going to put the lock down on Steve Smith since there's not a whole lot of other wide receiver weapons healthy right now in Baltimore. So Howard, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that one. I definitely think that it's a problem for. Uh... For Steve Smith, I mean, if Brashad Perryman were, were completely healthy, I, I do think he is going to play or make a couple appearances in week one, but I don't think he's going to going to be able to see enough action there. So I, I do think that uh, that Andre Johnson, though, really wants to establish himself as a, as a big, big target for Andrew Luck. We all know what kind of work T.Y. Hilton gets. We all know that, that Dwayne Allen gets a lot of these uh, red zone touches, uh, red zone targets, I mean, but I think that, that Johnson really does want to step forward. I think that he's he's psyched that he's got a you know a, an unbelievable quarterback in Andrew Luck, and you know listen, I'm just uh, Buffalo. Come on, Buffalo. Rex Ryan, I just don't buy it at all. I, I think that it's going to be a, a, a dumpster fire over there as well in Buffalo. Um, and so yeah, I think that uh, yeah, I would definitely have to go with. Uh, with Andre Johnson, uh, you know, listen, yeah, Steve Smith, a talent for a couple of weeks, but not not a guy I want to rely on regularly. Okay, Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go the other way on this one. I think that uh, Denver, early in the season, Peyton Manning's healthy and 100% ready to go. You know, uh, they could jump out to a big lead there in Baltimore, and the Ravens could be forced to throw the ball quite a bit in this game, whereas I think the opposite could happen uh, in the Indianapolis game. The Colts could jump out to the big lead and just kind of pound the ball. So I'm going to go with Steve Smith to outproduce Andre Johnson this week. Okay. I feel like that could be a great sitter start on every week, those two old guys against each other. <laughs> uh, but... Uh... Uh, Howard, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a busy man, and we we appreciate the time. And uh, we will hold you to your predictions. So uh, I'll be I'll be checking the boxes at the end of the year and see how good you did. So uh, good luck with your uh, your rock and roll versus pros league. Is that what that was? Jam versus oh, the, uh, the spam. Jam, what was that? jam on fantasy <laughs> football. Jam on fantasy football. All right. Well, hopefully we'll be looking at for some re- reports about that. Maybe you can tweet out about that. So I, I'd love to hear how that ends up. And of course you're going to win it, right? Is that what you're telling us? You're going to win it? Of course I'm going to win. Come on, that's, that's a no-brainer. Oh. All right. Well, good luck in that draft <laughs> as you eat, as you drink your coffee and eat your bagel tomorrow morning. <laughs> 
and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Appreciate you. Uh, as always, Howard, and, and keep plugging over there away at Fantasy Alarm. Well, all right. Well, Josh, thanks so much for having me. Nick, great to talk to you again as well. Always a pleasure being on the show with you guys. All right. Thank you, Howard, and stay funny. <laughs> I'll do my best. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Uh, always, always a good time with uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Howard Bender over there at Fantasy Alarm. He's got a couple podcasts. Um, I'm not sure how he pimped them, but I, one of them is on Sirius. So you got to be a serious member to listen to him. Um, the other one, I'm sure you could just go to Fantasy Alarm and check it out. But uh, he's quite the character, and uh, we love him dearly. But now let's play the Dynasty Dilemma. Okay, it is Dynasty Dilemma time. Each and every week we pit two players against each other as we talk about their short and long-term value. Uh, this week we I somehow managed to come up with players from, with different positions, um, but I thought it was a very good one, and it was my chance to choose first as we pitted Amir Abdullah um, versus Devontae Adams. And I think depending on the context, area of the country you live in sometimes. Some people pronounce it Abdullah. But I'm going to say Amir Abdullah versus Devontae Adams. Of course, a running back versus a wide receiver. So I had the chance to choose first, so I will go first here. I really feel like Abdullah steps into a situation here in Detroit uh, with one of the least respected backs in uh, Joy Bell. Uh, Nobody's expecting a whole lot from this guy. And the rest of the depth chart is, is complimentary, but it's not too crazy and Zach Center and Theo Riddick. All these backs have talent, but Adula is the most gifted, and his all-purpose capabilities will keep him in the good graces of the coaching staff. Um, even his history as a kick returner, I think, is going, is, even though it's not exactly fantasy-worthy, is going to earn him accolades and trust in team meetings. Uh, all that should get him more involved in the Lions' offense. Meanwhile, I think Devontae Adams, you know, while he's all the rage with Jordy Nelson lost for the year, uh, you know, many feel he can step in and prosper with majority snap counts. I, I, I have my doubts. And that, 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 especially with Green Bay bringing in uh, James Jones, bringing back James Jones, I'm not sure, you know, that's showing a whole lot of confidence in, in Adams either. You know, Adams is effective as a rookie, but he was mostly a slot receiver. And teams weren't necessarily prepared for him like they were, like they are going to be uh, this year. Uh, I know I'm a big advocate of wide receivers have longer careers and uh, longer, long term, more long term value. Um, but I really think you got to ask yourself: Is Adams that kind of transcendent player that can really be solid for you know five to eight years? I don't know if he is. Um, I know his quarterback, who his quarterback is, and you know. But that doesn't mean Adams won't falter. Uh, even even those you know even those great great quarterbacks can't necessarily lift up every single player on a team. Um, so I also feel like you have to consider that injury opened the door for Adams. Meanwhile, Abdullah is in Abdullah's case. It's, we all thought he had the juice to beat out Bell, like almost the second he was drafted. Now. I know I'm a South Dakota guy, and so I'm probably the last person in the world that should bang on Zach Zenner. But all you Zach Zenner sleeper homers out there, I've got to remind you, it is the preseason. 
and I know it was game three or week three of the preseason where he looked awesome, and it was against first stringers, but you can't really tell me that Detroit was exposing their playbook wrinkles in the preseason. You know, you know, the last person to blow up running back-wise in the preseason was Henry Josie. Um, and, and who exactly is that guy now? I think he plays in Canada or maybe even farther north than Canada. So I just calm down on the Zach Center thing. I think Abdullah, even though he is not maybe necessarily number one on the depth chart right now, it's not going to be too long to where he is, he is 30, 35% of that offense. Nick, what do you got for me on Mr. Devontae Abdullah? Well, to me, this one is not even close. Amir Abdullah is an exciting player, yes, but he is one of three running or one of four running backs now with uh, Drake Bell, Theo Riddick, and uh, and Zenner, and it's likely to be a running back by committee situation. And it's on a passing team. Matt Stafford has over 600 attempts each of the last four seasons. There's only one other quarterback in the league that's done that, and that's Drew Brees. So I question the workload that he's going to have. And at only 5'9", Detroit might be smart to limit his touches so he doesn't end up like Andre Ellington did last year, playing through injuries and looking like a shell of his former self. And, yeah, you mentioned he's not first on the depth chart. He's not second either. He's listed at third right now on the depth chart. Uh, and now that Jordy Nelson's out for the year, this guy, I think, is the limit for Devontae Adams in Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers is pretty much a lock for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns if healthy. Last year, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb combined for 2,800 yards and 25 scores. Uh, Randall Cobb, at only five foot ten, 192 pounds, shouldn't be asked to do more than the 90 catches for almost 1,300 yards he had last year. So I think Adams is going to pick up most of the slack. Yes, James Jones is back, but he's at best a wide receiver three at this stage in his career, and he may, might not even be that high, depending on how fast uh, third-round pick Ty Montgomery and Jeff Janis develop. So it's very unlikely anyone pushes Adams for that wide receiver two role. Anything under 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns would shock me. And with an elite quarterback like Rodgers, it's possible that Adams duplicates Jordy Nelson's numbers from a year ago, 98 catches, 1,500 yards, and 13 scores. So while it might be tougher to find quality running backs, I prefer a receiver who's almost guaranteed to put up big numbers over a running back who merely has a chance to do so. Okay. I guess my only rebuttal is I think we should revisit this dilemma, and maybe I'll put it in my calendar, like three years from now, Nick, all right? Three years from now we're going to revisit this dilemma, and we're going to add up all the yards gained, and we're going to figure out who actually won this dilemma. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, and if you want to devote on that dilemma, uh, you can go to Dynasty Football Warehouse right now and do so. You do not need to be a member. Uh, just know that you need to vote for a beer. No, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you. Ooh, it's, there's only four votes so far, including mine, and it's two to two. So uh, get those votes in, people. This is a good one. This is a really good one, and I will – I wanna I wanna see everybody blasting about it on Twitter and telling me how awesome Nick is. You don't need to tell me how awesome Nick is. I know how awesome he is. So, uh, so three years from now, um, what is it? September ninth, two thousand eighteen. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Uh, yard gate. September ninth, two thousand eighteen. All right, we got it. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I I. And I'm not a Nebraska fan at all, but I believe in Amir Abdullah. 
So we'll leave it at that. Let's get to some Dynasty regrets. Nick, is there any regrets that you have over the summer with rookie drafts and startups? Is there a player that, oh, I maybe should have pulled off that trade or maybe, oh, I shouldn't have drafted this guy or why did Howard beat me to Stedman Bailey? What, no, what, what do you got for us? Um, well, I think my biggest regrets is in one of my startup leagues, I drafted both uh, Arian Foster and Brandon LaFell, who are both now injured for the start of the season. And it's possible they could bring me a nice infusion of points halfway through the year. But as of right now, I'm looking at that as my biggest regret. Okay. There's some rumors, and I don't know how official they are, but somebody at DFW keeps telling me that Arian Foster is going to be back a lot sooner than we think. So that might... uh that might help you out there, Nick. So I, I, I know you're hoping for that. Um, I was very fortunate to be dragged into DFW 36 this year. And it's a 36-team league where there's three copies of each player. And I, if you if you haven't heard of a league like that, trust me, it's going to take a lot more explaining than that to actually figure it out. Um but during the rookie draft, um, our good buddy Bruce, who coincidentally is going to be on next week. How about that segue? Yeah, that was nice. Um, and Burgundy's coming on, too. It's uh, his birthday next Wednesday. So get ready for the birthday bash with Burgundy and uh, Bruce. Uh, too many beats in that sentence. But anyway, Bruce offered me John Brown for my third-round pick, which was close to being on the clock. And I have – you know, being being new to the league and having a team that was really – I took over an orphan team. Having a team with a lot of needs, I went ahead and – I went ahead and turned turned down uh, John Brown for my third-round pick because I thought I needed to draft a third safety, even though I had two pretty decent safeties in Deion Buchanan and uh, Barry Church, which uh, – you know, so of course I had to take my guy Landon Collins. I just just knew that wasn't. I knew that he, that was the last copy of Landon Collins. And I knew he wasn't going to come back, and I was belligerent about that. Even though there's you know safeties that score tons of points on the waiver wire every week, I thought I had to have Landon Collins, and I, and I missed out on John Brown. And since then, John Brown, especially with Michael Floyd's finger injuries, has has skyrocketed in value. And I think looking back on that now, I think I could have. I could have made a whole, uh, a whole, you know, even if I wanted to turn Brown around for a couple more picks, I think I probably could have done that. So I think I would have been in a lot better situation, especially considering I now have Martavius Bryant, who is under suspension. I would have had, you know, some decent receivers to start the league, but uh, rebuilding is a process. And uh, I am very thankful to say, and we'll get to this a little bit with the trade analysis, but I think I have three of the best safeties in the league, three of the best young safeties we'll say in the league in terms of IDP threat. So uh, I guess that would probably be my biggest regret because I could have added John Brown for just a third-round pick. And if, you know, somebody offers me something similar next year, I promise to do it. So if you're in DFW 36 and you heard that, remember that. And uh, we will uh, we'll revisit that uh, next May. Uh, let's get to some dynasty trade analysis here. Speaking of Mr. Barry Church, I recently traded Barry Church and Lamar Miller uh, in exchange for Tevin Coleman. I finally got me some Tevin Coleman shares. Uh, love that guy. 
also got Jalen Strong, who I understand is, is his low low value right now, but I think in terms of long-term value in a team that I have that is rebuilding, I really like him. And I also got Calvin Pryor. So I added Calvin Pryor to a safety core that already had Landon Collins and Dayon Buchanan. So I think I have three of the best, youngest safeties out there. Um, but I did give up Lamar Miller, but I don't think I'm going to win this league this year. I know I'm not. And I was able to turn that into essentially, Nick, two first-round picks and Tevin Coleman and Jalen Strong, guys that were taken in the first round. So what, what, what do you think there? Well, given the fact that you're rebuilding and you don't expect to compete this year, I think it's okay if you were trying to compete this year. I don't know. I'm pretty high on Lamar Miller personally, uh, but I know that you are absolutely loved Tevin Coleman, so great that you got him. Calvin Pryor should be a lot better now, switching back to his natural position at strong safety, so he, he'll play a lot better than he did last year. Jalen Strong I'm not a huge fan of, but if the coaches can develop his technique a little bit there in Houston, like you said, down the road he could produce for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as I want to own DeAndre Hopkins in every league, and I think I actually only own him in one, um, <laughs> but uh, I guess I got his counterpart. I mean, I know I know C. Shorts is there and Nate Washington, so Strong certainly has a, a long road ahead of him, but I, I feel like he could eventually be be that guy. And I know it's a lottery tick, and, he's, you know, his value is certainly down since rookie draft times, uh, but I think – Adding, adding a, a rookie wide receiver that I can not have to play right away is, is certainly something that uh, interested me, and I think that's kind of what put this trade over the top for me. Um, so mixing with a more IDP action, Jonathan Hankins, uh, of course that is a defensive tackle for the Giants who really became a top five option, uh, uh, second and a fifth round pick for Emmanuel Sanders. What do you think there, Nick? Well, I'm assuming the the uh, person that traded for Emmanuel Sanders is in uh, win-now mode. So if that's the case, then, yeah, I like that trade. Emmanuel Sanders, over 100 catches last year for 1,400 yards and nine scores. Probably won't get quite that much this year, but you're still looking at probably a 1,200-yard season. So, yeah, if you're going all in on 2015, that's a good trade. Yep, and, you know, you're getting – the guy that gave up him is getting – and and – you know, like I said, a top five right now, defensive tackle. Um, even, you know, a lot of leagues don't require defensive tackles, but if you're in a defensive tackle league and you, and you have a, 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 a top guy like that, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to, to duplicate that. You can't necessarily pick one every year. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's a pretty fair, pretty fair trade there. And like you said, guy getting the Manny of Sanders certainly, Certainly in win now mode, and who wouldn't want a wide receiver on Peyton Manning's teams? That's that's for sure. Um, Martavius Bryant, I should say, the recently suspended for the first four games. Martavius Bryant and Charles Clay for David Johnson. Now this is an interesting trade because I meant to ask last week and we didn't get to it. What what you guys would maybe consider trading for Martavius Bryant? And I, and I thinking about trying to trade for him in a couple leagues, but. Uh, Depends on where you guys all think his value is, you know, especially dynasty-wise. But I, I think he, if you can get him for a little bit less, I don't think that's a bad thing. But you also got to consider, you know, I hate when they say these players are suspended, Nick, for, you know, violating league substance abuse, but they don't say anything else. So I want to know. I mean, was it – I mean, it can't just – it can't be alcohol, right? It's got to be 
weed or, or something or, you know, or, or it's got to be some kind of illegal supplement. I want, but I want to know what exactly it was for because, I mean, like I said, you could get pigeonholed into this same situation that Justin Blackman's in. Is Mar- Martavis Bryant that next type of person? I hope not. And the reports are certainly not saying that he is, but when you get a young player suspended like that, you always kind of got got to worry. So maybe that knocks his value down a little bit. But anyway, I'm willing to gamble because I love him so much and take advantage of that. But what do you think, Nick, about Martavius Bryant and Charles Clay versus David Johnson, or for David Johnson, excuse me? Well, one more thing I want to add to the suspension talk is he, uh, he said it's probably not alcohol, but I don't know because Josh Gordon's latest suspension was because he had a couple drinks on a team flight, so who knows. But uh, as far as this trade, yeah, I think this is very sneaky uh, hitting Bryant uh, when his value is so low because of the suspension. I really like David Johnson. I have him in a couple weeks, but if anybody were to offer me Bryant and Charles play for him, I would do it in a heartbeat. So, yeah, I, I like buying Bryant while his value is low. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pulled this trade off of Twitter, so I don't know what kind of league that it's from by any means. But yeah, I didn't think it's. Uh, I think it was a great, a great nab on on the Bryant front. And you know, obviously, you're a Cardinals fan or somebody, somebody, at, somebody that really loves David Johnson. Um, and who knows? You know, maybe David Johnson is is the next big thing at running back. Maybe he's a top ten guy last year, and it's just going to be a fairly a fairly even trade if Martavius comes back and avoids uh, future suspensions. So, uh, but certainly an interesting move there. Um, Nick, what do we think about? Uh, oh, you have a dynasty depth charger for us. I don't know who it is. What do you, what do you got for us? Dynasty depth charger time. I need an audio clip for that. Uh, maybe I can enhance my voice like death metal style. Nick, what do you think? It's dynasty depth charger time. I know that was terrible, but it, it'll it'll sound cooler <laughs> next week. What, what do you got for us? Yeah, I get some effects on there or something, it'd be awesome. But uh, anyway, maybe I cheated a little bit. My guy is actually ranked by DSW, but he's just way, way too low. Behind the likes of Cordell Patterson, Josh Huff, Justin Hunter, Cecil Shorts, Dwayne Bowe, and Tavon Austin, there's no way I'd take any of those guys over the DSW's wide receiver, 78, Eddie Royal. Still only 29 years old. Last year in San Diego, Royal quietly had 62 catches for 778 yards and seven scores. That was his best season since his rookie year where he had 91 catches for 980 yards and five scores when his quarterback was none other than Jay Cutler, who he's reunited with this year. And now that Kevin White, the rookie, is hurt, now Sean Jeffries nursing a calf injury, I think Royal could be in line to put up really big numbers to wide receiver. And not just because he's forced into a starting role like Devontae Adams, but he's looked really good. At least one Bears reporter called him the training camp MVP. And, you know, say what you want about his quarterback, Jay Cutler. I myself have fun at Cutler's expense quite a bit. But Jay is a guy who threw for 3,800 yards and 28 scores last year and has a long history of his receivers putting up numbers. Cutler's not afraid to just throw it up there and let his receiver make a play on the ball. That's not so good for the Bears, but great for his wide receiver stat lines. What do you think about Eddie Royal? As much as I don't like him, as much as I've been burned by him in the past, I, he's in a great situation. And what is not to love about the situation? I mean, you can you can feel a certain way about a player, but you really have to look at the situation as the ultimate, you know, decider in drafts. And like you said, Kevin White's out. Marquise Wilson is terrible. And he's like 140 pounds, like 6'3", 140 pounds. So he's, I mean, he's a... He's a, a Gumby slash, you know, breadstick waiting to get crunched. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think I think Eddie Royal is a fine play, a, a guy that can move all along the offense for the for the Bears. And you know, say what you will about Cutler, I think Royal can certainly be an, a nice weapon in that offense with you know. Jeffrey, Jeffrey's just being held out right now. I'm pretty sure he's going to play week one. I don't think there's any real fear of that. And Martellus Bennett up the middle. Of course, you got Eddie Royo just, just ripping it up on the slot. You know, he's not the guy that anybody's going to be concerned about, at least right away. I mean, obviously, he's a veteran, and you got to respect him, but uh, he's certainly not going to be locked down in double coverage. Many, many plays, that's for sure. So, um, Like we teased a few weeks ago, we have our buddy Chuck Podeisky coming on. You've you've read some articles by him this summer. We know you have, and uh, he coincidentally edited the article that I wrote yesterday called "Young IDP Opportunists" and did a very, very good job. He's the kind of a guy that just understands me, and uh, I appreciate him helping me out. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't get enough credit here at DFW, uh, but Chuck is kind of my uh, my uh, sneaky go-to guy, I guess you'd say. So. Uh, as uh, we ask Chuck to come on, he's going to help us with our ATS picks this year. We're going to pick every NFL game from week one against the spread. Are you ready, Nick? Oh, yeah. Happening Let's do this. All right. Okay. Chuck, are you there? I'm there. I'm, I'm there. I'm here. I'm very sorry about that. I attempted to play your cover, your intro music, and for some reason, I was not getting any volume on that. So, uh, well, just, well, listen. I was just no... thinking the other day. I was just looking through my uh, my iTunes or my uh, my my, my uh, song library for for a different tune. So I'll, I'll try to email you this week sometime and and let you know what I would if if I want something for a new theme song. All right, all right. New year, well, new year, new music. It. All right, sounds good. Whatever, whatever gets you jazzed. We're we're excited. Um, uh, like I said, it's Chuck Podeisky. He uh, is going to be writing an article every week too about some games that you really want to, really want to put your fifties on. So uh, what what do you what do we got for us tomorrow night, Chuck? Let's just get right into it. We're yeah, well, first I should game uh, against the spread. First, I should tell you that I've decided that I'm going to call my uh, my column Chuck's Choices this year. And uh, last year, I, uh, I totaled it up, and I ended up, I mean, these are all documented on, uh, on the Internet. I made my picks each week, and uh, I ended up 51 and 30, which is uh, 60, almost 63% of my picks. And, uh, and a lot of people wonder what my secret is. And, you, know, you, will, you will see a lot of people touting that, yeah, we bet on our own games, you know, so we're losing money if you lose money, you know, and everything like that. Well, well my secret is that I don't bet on the games. <laughs> There's no pressure or anything like that on me, and I just pick the ones that I feel are going to win. I could, if I was going down to the casino every week and actually betting on these games, I probably would hit about forty percent. So, anyway, it'll be coming out uh, probably. I'm not going to do the Thursday night games, so I'll probably come out with that on Friday. Yeah, those Thursday night games suck. But anyway, what what do you got for us tomorrow night? Speaking of Thursday night games, uh. oh boy. <laughs> You know what? In, at the first of the season, it's it's a real crapshoot, and and I like to just kind of go go against what the public is thinking. Uh, there's so much steam on Patriot and uh, Brady and the Patriots. And by the way, I did get Tom Brady on my fantasy team in like the fifth round this year, and uh, that was before 
they announced that his, uh, his suspension had been lifted. So I'm really happy to have Brady on my team, and I hope he kicks butt on Thursday. But I've got to go against what everybody else in the in the public. Uh, the, the Patriots were four and a half before Brady's uh, before Brady's suspension got lifted. They're now seven point favorites. I'm going to take a good team like the Steelers, uh, especially on a Thursday night, to to cover the seven points. Oh, yeah, it's so hard to lay seven, especially week one. Um, and and I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I it's going to be one one or two things that's going to happen with the Pats early on. I think they're going to be, you know, just kind of mentally drained from this whole experience, or they're just going to be absolutely mad. And I and I think the latter is going to happen. So I'm going to lay those seven points. I'll take Pats minus seven, please. Nick, what do you got for us? I think the Patriots win this game, but seven points, that's just way too much. Pittsburgh's a quality opponent, so even on the road, I think they're going to cover the spread there. Okay. What do you got for us, Chuck? Uh, Bears, Packers. Oh, my Bears are big underdogs to the Packers. Uh, You know what? Um... In the first game of the season, I'm going to take the home team at a big rivalry plus six and a half points. I know the Bears haven't held up much, but again, there's been so much talk about how bad the Bears are and about, you know, despite losing Jordy Nelson, about how great the Packers are. This is a a big game, especially for the first one of the season. Uh, John Fox has uh, brought a new attitude to Chicago. So I'm going to, at least for the first game of the season, have faith in my Bears, and I'll take them plus six and a half. Another touchdown game, um, and I'm gonna lay it again. Sorry, bud. I just, <laughs> I just don't trust that. I like some pieces on that Bears defense. I like Christian Jones, um, and I think Adrian Amos is gonna come along. But it's not gonna be right away. And then, you know, this is gonna be more of a learning experience for that Bears defense than it is going to be uh, a challenge or an over, an overcome. So I, I got, I gotta go with. Mr. Aaron Rodgers, and and by the way, Chuck, just in case I forget to say anything, I, I, I remembered it. I'm very sorry about your Nebraska Cornhuskers. I hope uh, hope your neighbors to the your uh, Mormon neighbors to the east haven't given you too much crap about that. <laughs> my Lord, no, 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 nobody so far <laughs> has given me a bad time about it. I just I had it on DVR and I watched it and avoided any any texts or anything like that and. You know, it was just it. it, it, it you, you never want to be the team on the losing end of that, and uh, that happened. Yeah, that hurts. Um, any consolation? BYU did lose their uh, quarterback for the season again in that whole experience. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know, but that doesn't that doesn't help us because we don't play him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, son. Nick, Nick, what do you got for us on Green Bay versus Chicago? Well, I know the possibility of a route is there anytime Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are on the field, but I just think in week one, playing at home, Chicago's going to find a way to at least keep this game close. So I'm going to take the Bears to cover the spread in this one. Okay. Chuck, what do you got for us? Cleveland at the Jets. The Browns at the Jets. 
you know, I, I'm in the uh, I'm in an eliminator, the ESPN eliminator thing, where you got to pick one winner every week. And I'm also in my in my brother's. He calls it the death match, which is basically the same thing. You pick one winner each week, and I am going to take the Jets. Um, this is weird, but you know what's uh, what's really weirder is that I'm not going to take the Jets the rest of the season in the eliminator if they win. So I'll get them out of the way. But I just think that they're going to win the game. Now, whether they win by three or not, that's a different question, but I think the Jets are going to surprise some people this year. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick's got some good targets, and uh, I'll take the Jets minus the points. Uh, yeah, I agree with it. And it's just three, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I saw three and a half earlier this morning, so yeah, give me those three points. I'll take that and run. Uh, yeah, J-E-T-S. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, clean sweep for the Jets. Uh, the Browns, I think, are one of the worst teams in football. The Jets, they're not good, but they're approaching average, I think, at least. So, yeah, i got to go with the Jets, especially at home. You know what we've got to do this year, Josh? We, we've got to keep the statistics on, on when all three of us agree on a game, how, how often we're right, how often we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that will be okay. interesting. Get out, get out your little black book. Write it down. Uh, Gain green, week one. We on it. Um, yeah, that could be scary. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> I'll put a little uh, S for what, sweep. I'll put a little S for sweep in this box, and and uh, we'll see how right. we do. All right, sounds good. Um, Seattle at St. Louis. What do you got for us, or Chuck and Nick? Why don't you take first this time? Uh, well, first, uh, is it the same line that I have a uh, St. Louis plus four? I've got four here, too. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle. You know, I'm not super high on the Seahawks this year, but I think the, they can beat the Rams by probably a touchdown, especially with the Rams' top two running backs likely to miss the game. i got to go with the Seahawks. I uh, just love me some Rams defense. I'm taking my first home dog. you got to love a home dog, especially NFL. Week one, just like you guys love the Bears, I think I love – I love the Rams. I know there's some running back issues there, but uh, I think they're pretty comfortable with holes in that offense. And uh, we just might see uh, Mr. Bill Layton's, uh, Latin's uh, Malcolm Brown do something this year for the Rams as a running back, maybe even this week. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just throwing it out there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Rams because I'm getting points, uh, and I just don't like Seattle that much this year. So what do you got? What do you got, Chuck? I agree with you. I think the Rams have a great defense. I think Jeff Fisher knows how to beat uh, the Seahawks and, uh, and in particular, all the teams in his division, and that's what they go for. The Rams have been just kind of a, just kind of a pain in the Seahawks' side the last couple of years, and I'm going to look for, you know, if the Seahawks win, probably, you know, winning it on a Stephen Hauschka field goal at the end of the game. I will take the Rams. Oh, sorry about that. My computer just came alive. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we? Uh, what do we got next here? Uh, sorry, my ooh, Kansas City at Houston. Oh, can we? I, I know there are some Kansas City fans out there, but can we call this the? Who, is there a who carries game week one when the spread's like that one and a half? And what do you got, Chuck? I've got the Texans by one here, but one one and a half. It doesn't matter. Um, I I, you know, people keep 
touting the Texans. Uh, Arian Foster is not going to be there, but it doesn't matter because he'd get hurt in the first quarter with a soft tissue injury anyway, and you probably have Alfred Blue <laughs> running the ball. Um, the Chiefs have a lot of motivation this year. Uh, I think they have a good attitude. The Texans are just trying to find themselves. The Texans are at home, but I can't see the Chiefs losing this game. I'll take the Chiefs plus one. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. You're essentially, essentially just to pick them, and why not? You're getting a point there with the Chiefs. I gotta, I gotta go with with Casey. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I agree. You know, uh, Chuck, you brought up the, the the attitude there in Kansas City. How they have a good attitude this year. And football is a game of emotion, and uh, having Eric Berry back there in the secondary, I think is going to be an emotional lift for them. Uh, seeing him, so yeah, I gotta go with the Chiefs too. So is that another clean sweep? That is. I've got it marked down as an S. You know, another thing is the Texans, I, I, they don't have a quarterback. Um, I, you know, granted they have Brian Hoyer, but, you know, how can you go into a season without a quarterback? I mean, a lot of people are taking um, Hopkins as uh, one of their fantasy players, but, you know, he's got to get the ball before he scores. Don't you dare rail on DeAndre Hopkins. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> If I was their quarterback, he would be awesome still. Uh, that guy is awesome. Maybe he could play quarterback. I think he's number 10. Why not? Um, Maybe he can throw it to himself. Okay. Well, Chuck, why don't we got to let Nick go first since it's his Redskins, but what do you got for a spread for us? I have the Dolphins uh, by four points. Okay. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I think four points is. I'm surprised it's not double digits as much of a mess it is there in D.C. right now. So i got to go with the Dolphins all the way there. Uh, I agree, and I am also in a survival league. Um, it's just a just a public league. I try to do it every year, and I will say I'm absolutely terrible at it. I've never gotten past week two. Um, but Miami is my pick week one. So, I mean, I'm bad at it, so maybe that's good karma for Nick's Redskins. But uh, I, I still got to go Miami minus the uh, minus the four points, and I and I'm not not batting too many eyes, even though it's a home team dog. What do you think, Chuck? Well, this is I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Redskins, but that by no means uh, means that I'm confident in it. It's just the fact that you know, week one in the NFL and a home team dog more than a field goal. So. Um, Sorry, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm, I guess I don't apologize to Nick, but I, I think the Redskins will have enough. I, I, I think there's so much public sentiment against the Redskins that that line is a little bit inflated. Um, and I think the Redskins will somehow pull this one out, but the confidence level on this one is very low. Okay. Nick, any, any, any thoughts there? I mean, are you just going to send Chuck some brochures for the insane asylum or there's a chance Kirk Cousins could wait till week week two or week three to have his five interception performance so you know the Skins do have a chance maybe well I I Uh, guess what what I'm trying to say is it looks too easy um, and whenever anything looks too easy, you know, the sports books weren't built on, on people, you know, winning money on easy games like this that's why I'm taking the Redskins okay um just to further Chuck's insanity, Nick Kirk Cousins has zero wins in the NFL. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a win. I could be wrong. But, as a, uh, as a starter, right. yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. 
All right. So uh, well, I'll pick first this time. What do you got for us? Indy at Buffalo, Chuck. I have the Colts minus two and a half points. It was three down to two and a half, so a lot of people are betting the Bills. Hmm, that is interesting. I said earlier that I think the Bills win this game, but I'm sticking to that. I, I, I don't know how. I don't know how. You know, I guess Andrew Luck was going to be 15 to one this year, and uh, this is their, this is their first loss. So uh, I'm, I'm taking the Bills. I, I, I like the, I like the defense, even though it's a juggernaut offense. I like the defense at home. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I know Buffalo at home is a better team than they are on the road. And if this were in December, I might go with the Bills if the weather was a factor. But I can't go against Andrew Luck. Good point there, Chuck. What do you think? At two and a half, I, I feel like they're begging me to bet on Indianapolis. Oh, geez, the Colts go up. They win by a field goal. They win. Gee, that's easy. Well, no, it's not going to be that easy. The, Bull, the Bills have something, some kind of mojo at home. Uh, they may win their first game here, but uh, but not do well. So uh, the rest of the season, I, I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, again, it's kind of like the Redskins deal, not really confident in it. And again, this is week one, people. Anything can happen. <laughs> uh, what do you got for us, Chuck? Carolina at Jacksonville. Carolina minus three and a half. Oh, love me some home team dogs. I know Jacksonville's not very good and they're rebuilding, but I think I think they have just enough to get it done here. And I think I think you're gonna see some maturity out of Blake Bortles and uh that Jags defense is gonna certainly uh chop down a few a few a few things I think that Carolina sort of tries to throw at them. And they only gotta lose by a field goal at three and a half, so why not? Nick, what do you think? I'm going to go the other way on this one. Uh, Jonathan Stewart hasn't gotten hurt yet, so I think Carolina's going to be able to run the ball fairly decently, and hopefully that will open up some things for that inexperienced receiving core. Uh, so, yeah, I think Carolina can beat the spread. Or, yeah, yeah, win by over over a field goal. Okay, Chuck, what do you think? Josh, I'm on your side on this one. Jacksonville uh, was a good home team dog last year. Uh, the the Panthers don't present that much of a challenge. It's kind of a, if I'm not mistaken, this is a, a, a grudge match between the two teams that were in the that were the last to join the league, right? Didn't they uh, join the league at the same time? Panthers and uh, Jags. Uh, Texans actually. Texans actually came after them, but yeah. What's that? The Texans came after them. They did. Oh well. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. Panthers are a good home team. They uh, they played some great games at home last year. The Panthers are. Uh, it's been well documented how banged up they are. They're going to have to uh, look out for Cam Newton and look out for Jonathan Stewart. And the Jags do have a good defense this year. Uh, so I will take the Jags to uh, keep it within a field goal. Okay. Uh, why don't you go first here again, Chuck? Uh, the Lions at the Chargers. San Diego, I think, is getting a little bit of love here. What do you got for us on the line? <laughs> Excuse me a second. Uh, the Chargers are favored by three in this game. Um, Lions typically not a good road team. They've uh, lost. You know, the strange thing is this is this is not a testament to the uh, to the Redskins at all here, Nick, because. Uh, the Lions lost fairly, and they lost Sue, 
and yet they just crushed the quarterbacks for the Washington Redskins. Remember that's that preseason game where uh, RG3 just got uh, got his head handed to him back in the backfield? Um, still, I'm going to take the Chargers. I think they're a great home team. Uh, winning by more than three is within the realm of possibility. I'm going to take the Chargers. I feel like the past probably three or four years since I've been picking every game against the spread, the Chargers are like the arch nemesis of the spread. I just, they're just you just never know what this team's going to do. The line never seems to make, and I know it's the Lions on the road, but I I, I look at the strengths of of uh, the Lions being their offense since they all appear to be healthy right now. And they have a pretty underrated defense, and I am not a fan of the San Diego defense at all. They just got to lose by a field goal. I, I think the Lions win this game, so of course I'll take those three points. Nick, what do you think? Uh-huh. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, Josh, as far as the Chargers being one of the most unpredictable teams as, uh, as far as trying to pick against the spread, but I still got to take the Chargers at home, just because, like you guys said, Detroit's not a very good road team historically, so I think the Chargers can pull this one out. Uh, week one historically matters not. I think I just phrased it like Yoda from Star Wars. But hey, there's a new movie coming out. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, Saints at Cardinals. What's the spread there, Chuck? Cardinals are favored by just under a field goal. It's uh, Arizona favored by two and a half over New Orleans. That is just way few points. I got I got to take Cardinals. Minus two and a half. I think that's just just a slam dunk. I know. I know. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees, and he's going to make their their receivers. You know that core, no matter who it is, a little bit better. But I think that's where the strength of Arizona's defense is. And yeah, I think I think they win this game probably by a touchdown. So I'm going to take the Cardinals minus two and a half, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Why not? Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Not even Miami versus Washington. Cardinals. Lock of the week. Nick, what do you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I don't know if I go lock of the week, but I definitely think Arizona is going to win this game as long as Carson Palmer is healthy. This is a this is a team that you can't overlook. And New Orleans, they just lost so many pieces over the off season. So I think Arizona wins this easy by a field goal. Chuck, did you pick this one? I'm sorry. Wait, Nick, you said New Orleans wins by a field goal? No, Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Arizona. Uh, no, I haven't picked this one yet, and and, okay, and I just I just have to look at the the uh, all the things we know versus all the things we don't know. Are the Saints going to more of a ground game this year? Is do Drew does Drew Brees have enough weapons to be the the fantasy quarterback that he he used to be? Uh, on the Cardinals side, we have Bruce Arians. We have their great quarterback Carson Palmer, who is healthy again. We have the, that guy named John Brown. A lot of people are excited about. Um, we have a solid team at home against a team we don't know much about on the road. So I got to take the Cardinals. I think that's a sweep for us. It is third of the third of the day. Um, Tennessee versus Tampa Bay, battle of the rookie quarterbacks. Let's, let's let Nick pick his tight, Mariota Titans first. What, what's the spread there, Chuck? Buccaneers are by three at home. All right, Nick, what do you think? 
Uh, I think the last time Mariota and Winston faced off, uh, Mariota won that by a lot more than three points. So I'm going to go with Tennessee to to uh, to win this one. Uh, I know I just banged on them earlier, but strangely enough, I I believe in the Tampa Bay defense enough to where they win this game. I think there's a few more things to be figured out in Tennessee before they start start winning, and I don't think that's going to hurt Mariota's fantasy value at all. I think it's going to help his fantasy value. Uh, but I, I'm I'm going to go with the Bucks since it's just three. I did see three and a half earlier this morning. Since it's just three, I, I'm pretty confident in the Bucks this one. Chuck, what do you think? Um, I, I got to go with Tampa Bay on this one. Um, I think that uh, Jameis Winston has adapted, or you know, is more suitable to step right in and do something than Mar- than Mariota is. It's not saying he won't be a great quarterback down the line, but they have to. Tennessee is just going to have a learning curve, especially with Mariota. And I don't think the first game of the season is uh, they're going to be as strong as the Buccaneers. Plus, like you, Josh, I like the Buccaneers' defense. I, I like what uh, what Lovey Smith is doing down there with his defense. So let's go ahead and go with the, the, the better defensive team and the team with some great wide receivers. That's Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, Ravens at Broncos. Why don't you go first here, Chuck? Broncos are favored by four and a half points. I I just don't know what to think about the Broncos. I've got C.J. Anderson as my as my running back, and and uh, just praying that uh, that Gary Kubiak is going to incorporate the running game a little bit more into Denver. Um, I, I I can't I can't pick the Broncos. I I think I think the Ravens will keep it close. They're a tough team. Um, Especially if uh, if they watch the Colts and how they defeated the Broncos last year, if if Peyton Manning can't go downfield a couple of times, the Ravens are just going to be crowding that line of scrimmage and uh, and taking away his short passes too. Um, I, I'm going to take the Ravens plus four and a half. Okay, uh, Nick, what do you think? Uh, I think if this game was in November, I would take Baltimore all the way. But early in the year, Peyton Manning's fresh. I think uh, Denver easily wins this by at least a touchdown. Remember that first game a couple years ago, I think, when the Ravens had won the Super Bowl. They played – I'm pretty sure they played on the road. Maybe they played at home. But anyway, I think Peyton Manning threw for like 700 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, I just remember that. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, it's going to be quite the chess match, and it's just I think it's a field goal game. I don't know really who's going to win it, but I think it's a field goal game for four and a half points. It just seems like too much hey, for me. So going Ravens, what's up? Um, that was that year. Remember the Ravens couldn't play their opening game at home because the Orioles uh, were playing across the street from them? Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's so they had to open their season on the road. But, yeah, you're right. They had to open on the road. Uh, okay, so you're taking the Ravens, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm keeping score at home. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go first. Wait, tell me tell me, you still got three and a half. You still got Oakland plus three and a half, Chuck, right? Oh, let me find that game. Uh, yeah, three and a half. Bengals favored by oh, three right. and a half. Home team dog, oh, just a field goal game. Yeah, why not? I got, I gotta take my Raiders, and I and I, I won't go into it a whole lot. And it, it you can call it a homer pick, and maybe it is, but uh, I want to believe this early. 
So three and a half, come on. This is the Raiders at home, the black hole. Let's go. Come on, silver and black. <laughs> uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I think you guys can cover the spread and, you know, maybe keep it to within a field goal, maybe even get a win. You know, Andy Dalton's been known to choke here and there, and I think your team's a lot much improved over last year. You're not going to have to wait until the end of November to get your first win this year. I don't know if it'll be this week, but you cover the spread at least. All right. Chuck, what do you think? Well, this just this just stacks up and makes sense. Uh, I, I like to look at teams that aren't good enough to give up points on the road, and I think the Bengals are one of them. Uh, I think the, the big reason the Raiders are uh, underdogs by three and a half is just because they were so bad last year. But but they really weren't that bad last year. They were an up and coming team last year. Now Jack Del Rio comes in. There's a whole new attitude. I uh, I, I drafted Derek Carr in my. Uh, in my fantasy league, and I was going to have him be my quarterback for the first four or five games while Brady sits out. So uh, I really like Derek Carr. I really like Amari Cooper. I got him on my fantasy team. I really like the Raiders' new attitude, and, uh, and covering a three-and-a-half spread at home should not be a problem. I'm going to sweep it here, guys. Raiders. Oh, my gosh, a Raiders sweep. Who would have thought? I think we can and safely say that didn't happen last year. Oh, and I think my voice cracked like a 16-year-old boy when I was picking that game, so I'm sorry about that, but I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited. What can I say, guys? Uh, uh, Man, I just did it again. Um, Of course, the Giants and Cowboys are playing on Sunday nights. I I feel like there's too many points in this game, though. What, what What do you got on the spread there? I have the Cowboys by six, Josh. Six. Oh my gosh, I saw five and a half. Give me the Giants, please. Plus six. You know this is going to be one of those 41-38 just barn burners, right? That seems way too obvious. But that always seems what happens when these two teams play. Two couple suspect defenses. I know Dallas has improved in certain areas, but, you know, losing Skandrick when you're going up against Odell Beckham Jr. can never be good. Um, so, yeah, give me the Giants all the way. Nick, what do you think about your AFC rivals? Yeah, I, I think NFC just, East, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, six points is too much. It's going to be a close game. I don't know if it's going to be 13-10 to 10 or 41-38, to 38, like you said, but it'll be a field goal game a lot more than, than a touchdown type game. Okay. Chuck, what do you think? Well, this is our fifth sweep. Um, big rivalry between these two teams. The Cowboys, are, are they better than they were last year? I, I don't think so. They lost to Marco Murray. They've got Darren McFadden starting at running back. How can you, how can you give six points with Darren McFadden as your starting running back? Uh, the Giants, I'm pretty high on the Giants this year. I think Eli will be a good quarterback in fantasy this year. Um, and I'll look for the Giants, to if they don't win, to, uh, to come pretty darn close. Um, so what do we got for sweeps here? Jets, Chiefs, Cards, Raiders, Giants? Is that what you got? Chiefs, Jets, Cardinals, Raiders, uh, and Giants, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, you know, the Monday night games are so fun. I w- can we really just have two Monday night games every week? Uh, an early and a late one? That would be so fun. I know people hate that. Teams hate the short weeks, but Oh, I love two games on Monday. So awesome. But what do you got for us in the first one there, Chuck? Philly at Atlanta. 
You get the Eagles over. going on the road. Eagles going on the road minus two and a half. Oh, sorry, sorry. It went up to three. It's uh, Eagles by three. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to take that because I think there's just too much. As much as I like the Falcons this year, I think there's too much in the repertoire there for uh, for Chip Kelly and company. And I and I got I got to take the Eagles, even though they're they're laying points on the road. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Sam Bradford's played so well in the preseason that the contract talks are off the table because he's looked that good. So I, I think Philadelphia comes out storming. So, yeah, definitely got to take the Eagles. Chuck, what do you got for us? Well, I'm literally making making my choice now on the fly. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended for Eagles and Falcons. Um <laughs> You know, if I, I'm going to take the Eagles. Now, that's about how confident I am. I, I have no idea on this game. Uh, a home team, a home team dog on Monday night usually is good as gold. But I just am not. I, I, I'm not sold on the, the Falcons' running game, and I think the Eagles can cheat a little bit and stop the passing game. Uh, so I, I've got to. Uh, I'm going to. Okay, let's take the Eagles. We'll sweep it. Eagles minus. All three. right. That's six sweeps. Um, I think we might actually have a set, which we're almost half of the game. But I'm looking at uh, San Francisco plus two and a half right now. I mean, I maybe I just have too much respect for the Vikings and absolutely hate the 49ers at this point in time. But what do you, what do you got for a spread there, Chuck? Yeah, two and a half is what I have, Josh. That's crazy. Just two and a half? Minnesota just has to win by a field goal? Yes. Give me Vikings all the way. Nick, what do you got for us? Now, two and a half, is that the spread for the game or the over-under on how many completions Colin Kaepernick's going to have by halftime? <laughs> I, I, I got to take Minnesota with this one all the way. Yeah, uh, we're going to sweep We're going to sweep another one here because I'm going to take the Vikings. Uh, I think in our, in our last, uh, when we did our very first one of the year with me a couple weeks ago, I told you I thought the 49ers are going to be the worst team and, and uh, to take them under, I believe, six and a half wins. Um, they just seem to be in disarray, and they've even lost more guys since the last time we talked. I don't see how the 49ers are even going to – yeah. And with Adrian Peterson and and Teddy Bridgewater, it's it's uh, another boy. Look at this. We're taking two home to two road favorites on Monday night. We're really bucking the trend here, guys. But uh, I'll take the Vikings. Oh yeah, love that. It's going to be fun to watch that team. And come on, NFL. Let's just get two Monday night games every, or maybe two Sunday night games. Let's have a later Sunday night game so we could stay up till midnight. You know, as if our our five to six beers hasn't worn off by that time. We can just watch more football and uh, into the wee hours of Monday morning. we got to watch something while we write our waiver wire articles, right? So <laughs> two, two Sunday night games, two Monday night games every week. Uh, and then college football. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Uh, awesome to have you back, Chuck. Hopefully hey, hey uh, Josh. I, time. Go ahead. Listen, listen. I have to say, you know, one thing because uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been working for a company here in Las Vegas called Segway, called Las Vegas Segway. Uh, I'm actually a tour guide, and I'm working with them, helping to market their product. 
Um, and when I told him, I said, listen, I can work any time except Wednesdays at 11 o'clock on Wednesdays, you know, and they, and they were very gracious and said, okay, we will make sure and not pencil you into the schedule. I had to go. And I said, listen, I have to clear out my schedule for this day. So uh, if anybody's looking, if you're coming out to Las Vegas, you know what a Segway is, right? It's a little, mm-hmm. little personal transportation thing that has two wheels on it and a handle. Uh, we actually take people on tours around Las Vegas on that. So if any of your listeners out there, any of our listeners out there are coming to, to Las Vegas, just go to, the, go to Google and, uh, and search uh, Segway Las Vegas, and you will find out how to. And, and if you want to, request me. I'll be your guide for your tour. Uh, and he's not just a great voice, people. He also can teach you how to drive a Segway. How about that? I, I'm I a man I of many mysteries. Hurt, my, hurt myself and many around me on a Segway, but uh, that's not going to say I wouldn't try it. So it actually is very easy and safe. And and one more okay. thing, I've started a Facebook page called Fantasy Football Friends. Anybody is welcome. It's just a conversation. I'm not making money off it. It's just for fun. So if you go to Facebook and just search Fantasy Football Friends, like the page, and come on and uh, and uh, throw out anything you want uh, on the conversation. And everybody in there, you know, there aren't a whole lot of experts. Everybody will just give their two cents worth, I'm, I, I guarantee you. Okay. Well, uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Uh, Nick? Have a good week, and uh, hopefully there'll be obviously there'll be plenty of things to talk about next week. And as we overanalyze everything that we see this weekend, very excited that football is back, NFL football is back. This has been the Dynasty Pulse. Huge, huge thanks to Howard Bender, our amazingly funny guest. Chuck, as always, amazing pleasure. Nick, you know you're the man. You know I love you. My man in Hawaii now, Nick Wagner. I'm Josh. You're kidding. Yeah, Nick moved to Hawaii. He's he's an island man now. It's a tough life. He just stays up all night watching tropical (laughs) storms come towards the area, right, Nick? (laughs) Yeah, and I've got to say I'm with you on the idea of having extra later Monday night games and Sunday night games because Sunday night games starts at 2.30 in the afternoon out here. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been a Dynasty Pulse. Have a great week. Enjoy your NFL football action for real. Take care and have a good one.